Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 158. We're looking at John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Let's read the passage. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch of me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch, and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you may produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. This is the allegory of the vine and the branches. This uh, seems to be spoken on the way to the, the Mount of Olives, because we already solved the last time at the end Jesus said get up let's leave this place and so they have gone to the Mount of Olives eventually Jesus will be arrested whether he tells them this on the way or they're already there it's not important but they're no longer in the the place of the Last Supper this is the last of the I am statements the ones uh, they generally point to seven or eight I am statements and say these are the great I am statements. This is the last one where Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now vine's important. Throughout the Old Testament, a vine is often used to symbolize Israel or as a representative of Israel. And often it's in a negative sense. For instance, like Jeremiah 2.21, God is saying, I planted you a choice vine from the very best seed, how then could you turn into a degenerate foreign vine? It's pretty strong words. So he's saying that you're a vine that I have planted, uh, should be a good vine, but it's not. In uh, Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, I'll just pick up a few high points. He says, I will sing about the one I love, a song about my loved one's vineyard. The one I love had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He talks about going through planting it, all he did with uh, work in the wine press. And then he goes on to say, what more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? Why then, when I expected a yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? Now I will tell you what I'm about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will be consumed. I will tear down its wall. It will be trampled. And he goes on to talk about what he's going to do to this vineyard, which has been worthless. And these are all prophecies against Israel. God is saying, you're, you're a choice vine. You should be producing choice fruit, but you're not. And I'm upset. Now here Jesus says, I am the true vine. So this is a play uh, from the, the Old Testament theme of Israel is the, the faithless vine, the vine which has gone bad. And now Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. The one who tends the vine, the one who keeps the vine. Some translations say the vine dresser. Verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that does not 
produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so it will produce more fruit. Now, there's a, a play on words here that we miss uh, reading in English, and it's just really, you can't really pr produce it in English, but it says, every branch of me that does not produce fruit, he removes. Well, who removes? The vine dresser. God removes it. And then those branches that do produce fruit, he prunes with the result being it will produce more fruit. Now the word that gets translated as removes is, is the Greek word arrow. It just means remove. But the word that gets translated as prune is calf arrow. And it literally means cleansing through removal. Now, we don't have a good name for that. That's what pruning is. Pruning is cleaning up the vine by removing that which needs to be removed. But cleansing is the, the, act, uh, the, the result, and it's cleansing through removal. So you've got remove, then a closely related word, cleansing through removal. Then in verse 3, he says, you're already clean. So clean, katharos, an adjective, is closely related to that verb for prune, katharo, which is uh, cleaning through removal. So uh, these, this play on word here, you got remove, prune, clean, they're tightly related. So the, the branch that doesn't produce fruit, he removes. The, the, the branch that does produce fruit, he cleans by pruning it. But then he says to his disciples, you're already clean. So it's closely, closely related here. And the point of the pruning is that it will produce more fruit. Now, this is vine-keeping terms here. A vine on its own doesn't produce a lot of nice fruit. It grows a lot of excess foliage, a lot of excess vegetation. And it wants to make branches and, and leaves and things like that. It will produce some fruit. But you have to remove that excess growth in order to have it produce a lot of good fruit. So it takes a, a lot of tending, but the point of pruning is to produce more fruit. Then he says in verse 3, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So this uh, harkens back to the foot washing in John chapter 13, where He's having the discussion with Peter. Peter says, well, clean my whole body. He says, you don't need to clean your whole body. You just need to clean your feet. You are already clean. And it's the same word here. This word uh, can mean blameless or pure or clean. It's the same word that Matthew uses in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 8, where he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And it's that same word that gets translated pure is, is the same word here clean. So he's not just talking physically clean, he's talking uh, a spiritual, ethical, moral cleanliness, blameless, pure. And that's because of the words that Jesus has spoken. Then in verse 4, he says, remain in me. Now this word remain, seven times in this paragraph uh, from verse 4 through verse 7, there's seven times you have the word remain. Now, the word, the Greek word is, is minnow. It means stay, remain, live, dwell, abide. 
we like abide because uh, it really goes back to the King James, and it's what so many people have grown up with and have heard in this allegory so so often is to remain in Jesus, to abide in Jesus. But it does mean remain. The thing is, abide is it's not a word we really use much. Uh, live, dwell, remain, stay. So remain, obviously it's a theme here. Seven times in, in these four verses, he uses the word remain. So he begins, remain in me and I in you. So it's a mutual relationship here. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. So with the, uh, him being the true vine, we being the branches, a branch can't grow on its own unless it's connected to the vine, and Jesus is the true vine. And he goes on, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. So here's the, the promise that if we remain connected to him, if we remain in him, then we do produce fruit. Now he doesn't define what the fruit is. And, and the point is, producing fruit means doing what we're supposed to do. A, a vine, the purpose of having a vine is to have the fruit of the vine. Whatever kind of fruit-bearing vine you have, the purpose of that vine is to produce the fruit. So whatever you need to do to that vine to produce the fruit, you will do. And the vine is useless unless it produces the fruit. So with us, what is the fruit? The fruit is what we're called to do. And he's not defining it here, but what he's saying is, you can't do what I've called you to do unless you remain connected to me. You're not going to be able to do the things I've called, the mission I've given you. You're not going to be able to carry your own life in my name unless you stay connected to me. Verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them in the fire, and they're burned. So the picture here of the vine is a, a branch that falls off. You're not going to keep it. You're going to, it's trash. You're going to get rid of it. And that's what happens to the, to the branches. They're not connected to the vine. But verse 7, if you remain in me, and more words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. This sounds similar to the promise he gave of prayer earlier. If you ask anything in my name, my Father will do that for you. And he's saying that again. Would ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. It's not a magic formula on how to get what you want. It's just a promise that if you were remaining in me, if you were staying connected to me, then you are going to be able to rely on God in prayer. And he says, my father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Here we see this thing again that we've seen so often, the idea that uh, obedience to Jesus' commands is the proof that we are his disciples. And so what is the proof that we're his disciples? That we produce much fruit. And he doesn't define what the fruit is. What is the fruit? Doing what we've been called to do. Now the theme here is that uh, Israel is the defective vine. Jesus is the true vine. God is the gardener. And we are the branches. The br we're not the vine. We're the branches. We stay connected to the vine. And if we do, then there's some, some things that will happen. We will grow. We will produce fruit. And we'll have this uh, relationship with Christ.
Now, what's our role in this? Abiding, remaining. Our goal is to remain connected. God's the one that prunes. God's the one that dresses things up, which makes possible the bearing of fruit. Now, we talk about pruning. As I said earlier, a wild vine doesn't produce fruit. It produces some fruit, but not a lot of fruit. The way you produce more fruit is you remove the extra vegetation because it takes nutrients to build an extra branch. It takes nutrients to grow more leaves. And so you have the the branches and leaves necessary to produce the fruit, but they don't become the object of growth. The fruit becomes the, the purpose of the growth. And that means the vine dresser, the gardener, has to go around and keep the vine healthy. Keep the vine, if it prunes too much, then the vine can't grow. But if he doesn't prune enough, it won't produce the fruit. And so a wild vine doesn't naturally produce a lot of fruit. Similarly, we will not produce a lot of fruit that Jesus is talking about here on our own. It's not just going to naturally happen. It's only going to happen with some intentional intervention. And this is the work of God in our lives, this pruning, cleansing through removal. And he doesn't define it. He just paints a picture. But we know enough about ourselves to fill in the gaps here. What is it that so clogs our lives, that takes our resources, takes our attention, that actually gets in the way of us producing fruit? And, and by producing fruit, I mean living the life that God wants us to live. And the point here is that God's going to enter our lives and remove those things that step in the way. Or at least he's going to make every effort. Sometimes we fight him over this. But part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is just that, to prune, to cleanse through removal and help remove the things that are actually clogging our lives and stand in the way of us producing the fruit that God would have us to, to produce. So this is the, the allegory of the vine and the branches. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. Our role in all of this, our role is to remain in him. And what's that look like? It's like growing in our relationship with him, growing in his word, growing in prayer, growing in our dependence on him, growing in a relationship with him. And if we do that, then the fruit will naturally come. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.